0: Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest sitting on the other side of our Zoom. She's somewhere in Ohio. By the way, Howard Hessman passed away very recently. I associate Howard Hessman with Cincinnati and therefore Ohio. Dr. Johnny Fever from WKRP. And uh, I can't remember the character he played... The the teacher on head of the class. You're probably like way too young to even know what I'm talking about, Amanda. Amanda one or Amanda, Amanda two? One. Amanda Canada. I was going to say a, we could be Amanda. Amanda
1: Canada and Amanda Ohio. Not even USA. Amanda Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, it's Amanda from Canada, and uh, we have Amanda from the states, specifically Ohio, as Mark said. I, I'm not sure where, but she said she smack dab in the middle. When I said the only thing I know about Ohio is that it takes me five hours to drive through when we're on our way to Florida, and yes, we do sort of see the whole like WKRC scene. <laughs> it's through actually Ohio.
0: it's actually really <laughs> funny because. there was an episode of WKRP where there was a whole bunch of um, like Japanese tourists that were in the radio station and I, I, I think like good morning in Japanese is Ohio. So he just kept going, Ohio, Ohio. And everyone on the stage was like, oh, oh, oh yes, you're in Ohio. They're like, <laughs> Ohio. Anyway, I got to go find that episode when I go home.
1: Yeah, Amanda's probably <laughs> way too young to know WKRP either. So she's just like politely smiling right now. Like, I don't even do
0: I appreciate you your know. kindness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate okay, old man. Well, so Amanda is here to chat with us tonight about everything and anything massage therapy. Uh she's interested in the podcast, possibly, you know, interested in starting her own podcast someday. So we're just gonna talk and see where the evening takes us. And um Mark ran away for some reason. Kind of rude, eh? Just just take off. <laughs> off in the introduction. Well, while we're waiting for him to gra- grace us with his presence again. Um Amanda, why don't you introduce yourself for people listening um, a little bit about either what you were doing before massage therapy, if it wasn't your first career, how you got into massage and um, what type of practice you have now in Ohio. And you can tell us where in Ohio you are.
2: So I'm Amanda. I'm a licensed massage therapist in Ohio, as we keep saying. Um, The best way to explain where I'm at is in Mansfield, Ohio. Um, I'm actually live in a little town of Belleville, Ohio. Um, Most people don't know Belleville. um, So Mansfield is like the best city to explain where that's at. Most people are familiar with that one. Um, And it is kind of like smack dab in between uh, Columbus and Cleveland. Um, So that's why I say I'm kind of like right in the middle of everything. Um, I have been a licensed massage therapist for 11 years now. Um, What I did previously to this, I actually worked as a nursing assistant Um, with that career. I basically did everything anywhere from home health care, working in hospitals, nursing homes, you named it. Um, I've done it. Uh, Why massage therapy? Um, It probably all started with my grandmother. My mom was a single mom. Um, So my grandmother watched us a lot when we were little. And I still maintain the reason why for this um, is because it was an easy way for her to keep an eye on us. She would always have us rub her feet or her hands or her back or her head. Um, And I think that's pretty much what led me to massage to begin with. Um, I was always doing it from the time I was really, really little um, to appease my grandmother. Um, And I was, for the lack of a better term, sick and tired of wiping rear ends and moving people to wheelchairs all the time. And, um, I wanted something different. So I decided to go to massage school with something that just kept calling to me and I fell in love with it. Um, and I, like I said, I've been doing it for 11 years. I taught it just shy of five years. Uh, the only reason why I stepped down with that is because I'm actually going back to school, um, and double majoring in science and in nursing. So yeah, that's, uh, a little bit about my background. Um, I've dabbled in a lot of different things. I've taken a lot of con- different continuing education. I am working towards my certification in precision neuromuscular therapy. Um, I've had classes with oncology and sports and reflexology, Reiki, um, prenatal, hot stone. You do everything. Yeah,
0: a little bit of everything. Else.
2: Yeah, um, I'm certified in miracle migraine therapy. <laughs> um, miracle yeah, I've. Migraine I've therapy. Have you heard of that
0: before? No, I haven't. Tell me about that.
2: Um, so, miracle migraine therapy is basically utilizing cold stones. Um, They are marble stones um, that is utilized along the face. I'm trying to remember the exact number. I think there's 12 or 13. Sorry, it's getting late in my day. And (laughs) um, I have been in classes all day and um, you can utilize, uh, there are aromatherapy. So there's four aromatherapies um, and these aromatherapies were created based on what could possibly be triggering your migraines. So it's either environmental, um, hormonal stress or food allergies. And the idea behind those is whichever one smells better at the time, um, is what would be triggering your migraine. So you would utilize the essential oil as well as the cold stones and then hot towels that would be wrapped around your feet, ideally to draw blood down towards your feet, um, and between the massage techniques and then the hot, or I'm sorry, and the cold stones that are put along the face, um, it would help with the migraine, um, and ideally get the patient back you know, to normal or at least to a manageable headache so they can do their day to day. This is
1: really interesting. I've actually never heard of it before. Um, I'm not a person that suffers with migraines myself. I've had two in my entire life that I realized were triggered by red wine. Um, But it was Mm -hmm. interesting because I had been able to drink red wine forever. I actually preferred red over white. And it was after I had my second child that every time I'd have even a glass of red wine in the following hours, I would get a my like, all of the migraine symptoms, I had the aura, I had light sensitivity, I was nauseous, I like all of it. And it was only those two times. And I just remember thinking, people actually deal with this on a regular basis, like people live with migraines that they get regularly. I wanted to rip my head off. I was like, this is horrible. So what's like, who, who developed this? Like, is there a lot of um, research behind this? Like, what kind of outcomes have you been getting? Like, does this, does this really work for people?
2: In my experience, people that I've worked on, it does help. Um, I've had people on like a pain scale of zero to 10 come in on with like a seven to an eight on a pain scale. I can typically get people down to at least a four on a high end, um, if not get down to about a one or a two, um, sometimes down to a zero, if it's not up to that, you know, eight, um, and they do really, really well with it. Um, the research behind it, um, this was developed by Kelly lot. Um, and I think it was just a matter of, of mixing to see what was working and, and what wasn't. Um, some people, um, wanted to use heat for their migraines. Um, and it was just found that, um, you know, if you add heat to like the back of your head or up onto your head across the forehead, um, it was just pulling more blood up to there and it was just causing your head to pound more and more and more. Um, and so by utilizing ice, it actually slows that down or something cold, um, and, she ended up having a lot of success with it and then uh, developing these marble stones that she um, had handcrafted to her specifications. Um, And um, some of them are little oval stones. Some of them are like moon shape that goes over the eyes. Um, And I was interested in it. What what actually drew me to the modality um, was actually rather selfish. I did have patients that had, migraines. But my mom, my sister, my brother, myself, um, and at that time, my seven-year-old daughter, uh, which she's now 15, um, suffered from migraines. So I took it um, in order just to help my family um, because we would all end up in the hospital just throwing up and in, in an agony with light sensitivity and and sound and just miserable. Oh, well, I'm getting flashbacks. Um, like it
1: I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel for all of you. Like I said, I, it was only those two times. And it was so bizarre, because as I said, I could drink red wine up to having my daughter. And then for a couple years, I just stayed far away from it because I realized that was what was triggering the migraines and then I slowly started to reintroduce it so I actually think it was not the right it was probably hormonal but it was something to do with the right I would have been really interested to find out like what was the actual trigger because you know my body was still healing after having a baby so I think you know my hormones were probably all crazy and so then when I would drink red wine I'd get these migraines but I mean, anyone who knows me knows that. I mean, even on this podcast, how many times do I sit here and sip red wine as a recording? <laughs> so clearly, <laughs> that problem is not part of my life anymore. But oh my God, all yeah. of you, and your and your daughter. I have a seven-year-old who's just started having what I believe are cluster headaches. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I explored migraines, but she seems to be more having symptoms of cluster. It's so right. bizarre. And it's so sad with it when it's a little kid.
2: Yeah, it was. Um, she actually started um, having cluster headaches. And, you know, like a lot of moms, like, you know, mommy, hey, I have a headache. You you know, you would give them the Tylenol or you might, you know, like do Tylenol and then Motrin, you know, to go back and forth. They weren't getting too much of one or the other. And um, at a point I would go like in 24 hours, I just still wasn't getting rid of it. And what do I do? And I, I took her to her pediatrician. And one of the things that the pediatrician had come back with was, um, giving her the medication, even though I was staying in the right dose, I wasn't doing anything more than what was, um, directed for the medications. Um, it was actually causing cluster, um, headaches, Mm. um, and hers would get so bad that it ended up developing into cluster migraines. Mm. So, but going back to what you were saying about red wine, um, I cannot still to this day drink red wine. And there were studies that were showing that the sulfates in red wine will trigger migraines for people. Mm. And it never fails for me. I will get a horrible headache and I love red wine. Um, And so I just know that I'm going to have to take a few Tylenol and then have my glass of red wine and. Usually by the time I'm done having a drink, then I'll have to take a couple more. <laughs> we can
1: be so. friends, Amanda. I love that you're actually
2: yeah. to <laughs> get rid of it. It's, I'm going
1: to power through this because I really want so,
0: this red wine. <laughs> I'm curious because I'm I'm reading some of the Kelly Lott stuff. I I, I actually didn't even recognize that we're connected on LinkedIn. I guess she has a trademarked Kelly Lott's Migraine Miracle. And I'm wondering, is the treatment that you do exactly what this is, or do you just take components of this? So what this is, Kelly Lott's Migraine Miracle is a natural, safe, holistic, uh, uniquely instinctual method for relieving the symptoms of migraine headaches. The Migraine Miracle healing method incorporates cold stone therapy proprietary uh, essential oil blends and pressure point massage so do you incorporate all of this like like verbatim or is this stuff that you just kind of take and you put in some of the things that you pick up along the way from other other places that you've learned stuff and then you know you're you're your, your clinical experience? How does it, how does this go for you?
2: So I was actually um, trained under Kelly Lott lot uh, through an AMTA convention approximately 10 years ago. So I was a new massage therapist um, when I had seen this pop up at a convention um, and uh, I think it was a two day class at the time. Um, And I think over the course of the last decade, she has made some changes to her classroom um, or maybe to some things that she has done. Um, But it's essentially the same thing. Um, And I only know that because I've reached out to her uh, when I was teaching because I had a few students that were interested in it. And that might be traveling her way um, just so I could maybe, you know, th- you know, get her some money her way or whatnot, just because I've had so much success with the class and with my own patients. Um, so but yeah, Kelly Lott is the one that I had trained under and got my certification through. But like I said, that was a decade ago. So
1: <laughs> And now this is just one of the things you listed in the millions of things you do. So you're back in school for nursing. Mm-hmm. Is, is massage going to become side hustle? Like what's, what's the end goal here?
2: Yes. So, um, I will never, ever give up massage therapy. I love this so much. Um, I will definitely continue to do it on the side. Um, my end game right now would ultimately be to uh, open up my own kind of like a wellness center Um, as a nurse. um, I would like to have more medical-based massage therapists in that practice um, that would be able to utilize medical massage therapy techniques uh, one way or another, whether it's through like a neuromuscular practice or medical massage, um, even myofascial release type stuff um, to help people, with different type of like orthopedic ailments um, or sports injury to get them back where they need to go. Um, the majority of my clientele that I work with now um, are basically coming to me with some sort of injury or ailment. Um, they're hurting, they're in pain. Um, so it's more of, I, I would assume what most people would gear towards like a medical practice. Um, occasionally I'll do something more relaxation. just to help people um with their day-to-day um so it saves my hands a little bit um but i would like to have a fully functioning wellness center um that i could run as a nurse and do more holistic nursing um as well as mix the massage um i i won't ever walk away from this i mean this it's just too important to me and um i think my my patients would ultimately haunt me down anyway so I can't walk away from
1: it. I don't know that I've ever heard the, that term holistic nursing, but when you mm-hmm. were talking at the beginning and speaking about all of the different certifications you've done, you know, how you started as a nursing assistant and then you went, did massage and all of the, you know, all these things. And, you know, reflexology was one of the ones that stuck out and um, this miracle migraine thing. Yeah. It. The first thing I thought about was, and now you're back in school for nursing. And I wanted to try to figure out how you're going to marry the two, because I mean, it, this isn't true for all nurses. I am definitely generalizing, but I have a lot of patients that are nurses and they tend to be um you know very skeptical of anything that isn't really Traditionally Western Western medicine, you know, like if I were to bring up reflexology or something to any of my patients who are like doctors or nurses, they're kind of like, mm, They'll be like what, the, what the heck? Mm. Take a pill. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not typically something that is open, uh, welcomed with open arms that and again, I am generalizing because there are obviously nurses who um, especially like nurses who started out in a more holistic type environment and then moved into nursing. So it's interesting to hear how you're going to marry the two. And do you feel like now back in school for nursing that that is more the mentality? Like, are you are you like the hippie nurse?
2: Um, <laughs> like some of the people that are in my classes, um, they're kind of amazed. I guess I, I could start with this: that I know what I know in like my anatomy classes to start. You know, if we start there. They're surprised, which is kind of insulting, um, (laughs) that a massage therapist knows what we know when it comes to the body. And um, I've even had not my current professor—I will point that out—but I've had professors um, look at me like, "How do you know that?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm a massage therapist, and you know, I did have to have anatomy and physiology as part of my my licensure." And they're like, "Yeah, but." how do you know that? Like in that much detail? And I'm like, that's anatomy and physiology. Like that doesn't
1: really change. We learn it and we know it.
2: (laughs) Wait a minute. Like, and, and they're like, but no, that's a lot of detail for a massage therapist to know. Don't you just really have to know the muscles? Like you, you know, you, you really have to know like the chemical breakdown and how like the breathing and the, how the blood moves through the heart and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, do you? Like, why, why are you asking me?
1: <laughs> it is funny, though. With somebody like a medical doctor that actually does understand physiology and understands yeah. pathology and, you know, understands the way the body functions holistically. It's funny to me that they don't think, like, why would you think we would only have to know about the muscles and not understand the neurology and not understand the circulatory and not, like, why would we not? There's
0: a whole bunch of people that probably don't even think you need to know muscles. They probably just think, okay, well, you can learn massage therapy techniques. You can learn some sort of routine or whatever the case is and it ends up helping people it ends up calming down a nervous system it ends up doing something to the soft tissue possibly who knows and we don't know what the answers are but this is how you do it that like i mean it could be as simple as that yeah. like when you look at when you look at massage in in other countries or when you look at massage that's being used traditionally for a very very long time like for example let's take i don't know i don't know anything about lomi lomi i'm just going to throw it out there like i don't know do Lomi Lomi practitioners know all of this anatomy, physiology, pathology? Probably not. I mean, this is something that's just been passed down from generation to generation that's been well, taught again, from it's, like it's a master to somebody it's else.
1: intent though with Lomi Lomi, right? Like, I mean, I know you're well, using it as an example. That is yes. more of a spiritual practice. Yes. But I mean, I guess I, even as I said that, I realized what you're saying makes a lot of sense because in the States, I noticed you, you know, you've used the medical, term massage. medical massage. We don't say that here. We're just all massage therapists. If you're a registered massage therapist, you're a registered massage therapist therapist the type of therapy you choose to provide whether it is you know therapeutic in nature um you know relaxation versus right. more cl- like it, it doesn't matter we we all learn the same stuff but i noticed that when we speak to our american friends you guys use the term medical massage so is there different
2: training yes, or is there it is. is it all in mm-hmm. the continuing ed
0: there's additional training to to do mm-hmm. quote unquote medical massage right
2: yeah there's different training you can take um continuing education to get certifications for that, um, which I think is great. Um, But I was trying to do some research to see. um, I actually had a former patient of mine ask me if they could go and like basically pack up and move to another country. And I had um, used Canada as an example. And I was like, I'm pretty sure um, that for you to go to Canada and practice, I mean, you would have to one know their laws and regulations but i think you have to take a lot more education like why is that and i was like well we were only required at at that time 750 hours of education and the last time i looked i think it was like 2000 and 200 hours that you guys are required to get your license. Yeah,
0: so most programs, I mean, a lot of the regulatory bodies have kind of moved away from the concept of hours and it's strictly competency based, but a lot of mm-hmm. the programs still hold on to a minimum of 2200 hours of training. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's other colleges especially on the West Coast like in British Columbia where their governing body, you know, used to demand I think over just over 3000 hours yeah. of training. So wow. it's it's quite it's quite an extensive go. Absolutely. So if you're going to like a public college or, or like a, um, a community college, you're looking at a three-year program. And if you're doing it in a private career college, you're looking at, you know, roughly two years or just under two years. It's, it's a, it's a heavy go for most people.
1: Yeah. It's pretty intense. And I guess that's why we don't distinguish between, you know, massage therapy and medical massage. At the end of the day, we'd all be,
0: we'd all be thrown into the medical massage category if, if, if you look at it like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I liked I, when I was trying to just to compare and look at different countries, especially like the neighboring countries. Cause I was curious myself and, you know, it kind of led me to where I felt like I was pouting like a toddler for a minute. I was like, now wait a minute, you know, all these other countries are, have, you know, 2000 hours, or I thought I saw a comment on, um, one of your guys' uh, podcasts that you had posted, somebody had said that in Germany, like they have this, re- I don't want to say ridiculous because I-, I love education, but this huge amount of education that they're almost look like a- as like surgeons or something. I'm trying to remember exactly what that person said, mm-hmm. um, but I'm like, no wait a minute, how come we don't have that here? And how dare Ohio just lower our hours of requirements? <laughs> like, this isn't there. Um, because I, I want to know what is going on. And I want more education. And I, you know, I wish I would have graduated with more.
0: So what do you feel about how many state? there's like three or four states that there's no there's no license that's required. Like someone told, was it Minnesota is one is is a place where like there's there's no requirement. Is that was it? Did I get that right? Yes, I remember can't remember. It. I remember but the conversation. There, I, I was I've I've been told like there's three or four states that require zero license at all. And how do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, if you're, if you're like, Oh, God damn, like I wish I had more education. And then we just, Ohio just lowered their requirement. Like what about places where there's like zero requirement? You literally just hang up a sign that says I'm a massage, I'm a massage therapist. therapist now. How do you feel about that?
2: Oh man, that, that drives me crazy. Um, I, I don't like it just, and I think it's just because I put, you know, pressure on myself to, to know the body and know how things work. And, um, even when I was teaching, I think one of my, my favorite things I would overhear students say, they would always ask, is she hard? Um, and it, they would ref- basically be referring to like, am I a hard instructor? And a lot of them, if not all of them would be like, yeah, she's hard. But at the same time, She's easy in the sense that I will make sure that you know your material. You will pass your embolix. You will you will pass your national licensure, um, and she will make it to where you can work anywhere. That's what will make it easy. And I will go over things over and over and over again, and go above and beyond what is required for you because I do have a higher expectation um, that I feel like every buddy every instructor should should have for their students
1: you have a higher expectation than the state does what i'm hearing yeah when it comes to the number of hours and the education like how you're saying you wish you had more and as mark said there's some states that don't require any what i'm hearing really is that in the states you know as opposed to germany or canada or whatever massage therapy just isn't prioritized as healthcare. right it's not something that they they don't really care if you guys know that much because it's this is where you fit right and it's okay if somebody has this issue we'll send them to you know this orthopedic expert or this this doctor or this whatever and then the massage is sort of like Ancillary to all of those other things, they don't consider you somebody that you know. We're going to send a patient to, and we don't care if you know how to assess them to figure out what's going on. Just massage them,
2: and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm.
1: I guess I understand why so many people are frustrated with that because they're like, "Well, no, I, I, I do know what I'm doing, and I want to be able to help people, and I could help more if I had any fucking credibility."
0: Okay, but then let's <laughs> right. let's, let's even look at it from another standpoint because we know a whole bunch of folks that are these hardcore research, evidence based people. And they're like it doesn't matter what you do to the body, as long as you're engaging the nervous system. So whether you're using a cup or your hands or a scraping tool, as a matter of fact, and they'll you'll hear them say it, specific techniques don't even matter. They're looking at the research, saying these things actually supports this idea of well, then what the fuck? You actually don't need to know much of anything as long as you're touching the body, so right? So yes, I
1: know they. So it's
0: I actually a really big fucking funny circle, if you ask me.
1: So I don't I don't yeah. follow the groups as much in the discussion um, around research. Do they then put less value? Because I d- I didn't get the impression that they put less value on actually understanding what's happening in the assessment. It was more just on you know the techniques don't necessarily matter. Yes, okay. The, the tech the
0: techniques don't matter. Touch people nicely. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Can someone forget if we if we forget the assessment portion? Can we? Give someone a treatment without knowing anything, then, and still fall into like all of those kind of kind of guidelines. Of
1: course, you can. Uh, I do it all the time. Exactly. <laughs> so to me, to, to me, it's a weird thing. I touch when, people nicely. To me, it's a
0: weird thing when when someone is. And I understand why you're making that argument. You're making the argument to say. The stuff that you learned in school probably doesn't really hold water anymore. It probably used to have some sort of credibility way back when, and now research has caught up, and therefore it doesn't make much sense anymore. So when you're talking about doing things like cross-fiber frictions to break up scar tissue, like you're not breaking up scar tissue. When you're doing myofascial release stuff to to break down fascia, you're not really doing that. But in the conversation of... The stuff you learned in school is wrong and everything's different and blah, 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 blah. You're actually making the argument for why are you regulated in the first place then? I keep saying that. You do and keep saying that. It,
1: and it, but I keep I saying think you, I think you need to go ask one of these people. I keep saying that because I,
0: I understand what you're saying and I understand your messaging, but I also don't think you've thought out enough that what your messaging can be interpreted as. So if you're gonna throw that messaging out, put something else along with it. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. well, what do I know? I don't know, man. I'm just a dude with a mohawk. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I mean, I I appreciate though, Amanda, that when you are, I mean, I I guess you said you're not teaching anymore, right? Because you're a student again, so nobody has time to teach. But I appreciate that you want your students, even though knowing the value isn't really Placed on massage therapists, at least where you are, like, you know, as being really medical, for lack of a better term. So, but you still want them to really understand because that's how you're going to best help your patients, right? Like, even if, even if you're not the person to treat them, and I say this all the time, I'm going to be the broken record now. I was even, a broken. <laughs> if you're the therapist that you know just wants to touch people nicely and make people feel good and whatever it's great there's so much tons of value in in that to really understanding (laughs) what is actually going on so you can give them some sort of uh, reassurance or knowledge about where they can go to get help with this problem what things might actually help even if it isn't something you can help with i love being able to say to somebody this is what I'm I'm getting from my assessment and from my palpation and whatever this is what I think you need to do these are the people you need to see and I think that anybody who's working with people's bodies should at least have that knowledge and be able to join the conversation and I think that's why so many massage therapists get frustrated mm-hmm. because they're like I can be part of this conversation and I can be valuable and I'm not a dumb dumb, and I do know my anatomy and physiology
0: Why do you need someone to, to acknowledge that? Why can't you just be happy in the fucking what you know and, and just be thrilled with that alone knowing that you're helping People and the people that you're helping really appreciate your knowledge and your skill. Why can't that just be enough, huh? That, that is why, enough for me. Why do you gotta have I'm, I'm more? I'm talking about the, I'm talking why about did the they, global competition. Why do they have to have more? I do have a question though about you and teaching. Does that give you a certain type of status as a massage therapist, being a massage therapy instructor? Are you looked at differently amongst other massage therapists? in a good way or a bad way? I'm just curious if you're looked at differently.
2: That's a good question. I uh, I, I really can't say I'm looked at negatively. Um, I we, we had a massage board there at the school made up of massage therapists. And I can say I had a lot of positive feedback. Um, they liked what I was doing with the students. Um, so I guess it was a, a good thing for me. I cannot speak for other massage instructors because everybody teaches differently and has their own style. And some people might like it or other, you know, boards might like it, but right. they also might not. So um, I never had any negative feedback. I know where I currently work now, that was uh, a huge base of appeal for them uh, is that I teach or that I, at the time I was teaching, and, um, I was current on all my events, which I do still keep up on. I, I know all the laws and regulations and scope of practice. Right. Um, and so they wanted me to come in and, and stay on top of everything and help them, uh, you know, really form and, and shape, uh, what we were doing with massage. And they still come and ask me questions. And as a matter of fact, I'm, you know, to be meeting with, you know, my bosses here on Monday, Um, to try and help uh, move it forward. Um, And I'm not sure exactly what all that is going to entail, to be honest with you. Um, But we're all going to come together and see what we can do um, as far as making it better uh, for patients and perhaps for the massage therapists that are there Mm -hmm. or who could be coming in. So, um, you know, but as far as being an instructor, I mean, that was a huge piece as to one of the reasons why I had gotten hired. They really liked uh, what I could bring to the table.
0: I recognize that every educational facility is going to be different. Did you have a lot of freedom in terms of how you conduct your classes? Did you have freedom to stray from curriculum or was it very regimented? Like, this is what you got to do and can't stray from this and blah, blah, blah. Because we had... We call her Hawaii girl. We had had a Hawaii girl on, her name's Melissa. Her name's name's Melissa. Melissa. (laughs) I know what her name is, but I like to call her Hawaii girl because her Instagram is great. It's just pictures of beaches in Hawaii. Um, That's awesome. So we had had Melissa and she used to teach in New York. And one of the reasons why she got out of teaching was she felt that she wasn't given enough freedom to do what she thought was right and what she thought could advance her class and the whole profession for it. It was like, Sit in this box, do this, and push students through if you need to, and blah 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 blah. And she, after a while, I guess, was like, "I can't ethically do this anymore, and I don't want to." And then she got out of the teaching game. So I'm curious—is I and I recognize everywhere is going to be different, but I want to know what your experience was was like.
2: So I have actually taught at two different institutions, uh, one of which is no longer around. Um, they closed their doors. Um, uh, and that's the first place I had taught at. They were very much so like in a box, uh, push people through. Um in my opinion, I think it was more like we want the money. So let them graduate, whether they pass or not. We don't care. Just might be, you know, might sh- door
1: show us the closed.
2: money. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and it was this is what we want you to teach, and this is how we want you to teach it. Um, the last place I worked at was actually a school I graduated from. Oh, cool. And I was the only massage therapist on staff and I had free reign to do with what I wanted with within reason. Of course, um, Mm -hmm. my coordinator, if I wanted to change the books or update the books, I would go to her and, you know, let her know, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is why I'm thinking it. Um, or the curriculum to update the syllabus. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I want to do it. And this is why, Um, And depending on the class uh, that was coming in and what their needs were, what their goals were, um, that's how I would try and and shape my classes um, to fit their specific goals and needs, but still, you know, give them, you know, a little bit extra to give them more to work with once they graduated. So um, I had... A very flexible way of doing things at the uh, school that I taught at. I, I really have no complaints with how things were done in, in those regards. So um, I love teaching. Um, I was actually able to work side by side um, with my A um, and P instructor and dabble a little bit uh, in helping her co teach anatomy and physiology. She liked the way I, uh, introduced and, uh, taught muscles and what she felt more comfortable with me doing anyway, because I, that's our entire job. Um, so I better know it. And, um, and respectfully, I knew him better than her. Um, that was not what her degree was in. Um, so I mean, it was, it really was a good teaching experience for me. Uh, but like I said, I, um, between working where I'm at now and then going back to school, I just, I, I just could not possibly squeeze it all in. So um, I I miss it. I I would like to go back and I eventually will um, when I graduate. You do
1: have a lot of things going (laughs) on, like a lot of things. But, you know, it it was interesting, Mark, when you asked that question, do people look at you differently because you're an instructor? Mm -hmm. I found that um, my patients looked at me differently because I started treating out of Con Ed Institute, like where Mark and I teach our continuing education courses. All of my patients could see that, like, you know, treating was actually my part time gig. And so they looked at me as somehow like you know, this sort of higher massage therapist, because I'm, I'm treating or training other massage therapists. And I always joke with them. I'm like, No, no, no. I'm like, people just pay me to talk. I'm not not really any more intelligent (laughs) than them. Like, you know, I always kind of downplayed it. But I, you know, I'll get people coming to me. And I find that I do sometimes get like, more difficult cases, you know, like it's not just people coming in saying, I want you to run my back. Like someone right. will come in and they were referred to me because I've got this issue with my hip and I can't do this. Or I have this issue with my shoulder and I've seen so many people. And it's like people send people to me because they think that like, I have some sort of like superior knowledge or skill and I'm like, no, I don't. I just, yeah, <laughs> you know, because when you're teaching though, it's, it's always sort of fresh in your mind. So mm-hmm. things like, well, it assessment <laughs> or, yeah, it's always, it's always there. You got to so, be on your game. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. That's, uh, that's part of what I do like about teaching. Is Keeps like you fresh. Keeps you fresh. Yeah. It just makes me, even when I was doing clinic supervision, I loved that too because things that like you might forget from school, did you couldn't.
0: <laughs> did you ever feel either of you guys that other therapists kind of look at you like, this fucking joker teaching, teaching, teaching is for people that don't know what they're doing. You know, if you can't do teach that kind of idea and Hey, you, look, you're even making less money than if you were out there, you know, doing, doing the work. So what are you teaching for that type of thing? Or do you, where you're not able to hack it as a therapist full time? I'm just wondering if you got any of the, uh, that either, either of you guys. Well, I'll let, I'll let Amanda, Am- American
1: Amanda answer first,
2: but <laughs> I have an answer for that. Cool. Um, I, I think it all depends on the therapist, um, and, and how they would, would look at things. Um, I'm one, I look at it, like I don't compete with anybody. Um, I, I learn from people, so I, I never look at it as if I compete with any massage therapist, but I have had other therapists, a few and far between, I would point out, that would look at me like, oh God, she's teaching, so she must not be very good. That's why she's in a classroom. Um, and humbly, I will say, um, when I ha- have that reaction, um, if I ever have to work on their clients, it's kind of like that little devil on my shoulder that pats me on the back when they stay with me and not go back to them, and 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 that little voice in the back of my head is like ha ha ha. That's why I teach. You're, you're so, you're
1: uh, so you humble. Know? You're so humble, yeah. Amanda, But I love that there's also that little petty devil because
2: sometimes the little petty devil devil's gotta come out. Right, but it's just like you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say it out loud, but you know, it's like how do you like that for teaching? Ha. Um, I and I. Know. You know, right? <laughs> um, but other than that, like everybody's always been really supportive, or they'll ask me, like, hey, did this all really change or did this, you know, really go that way? You know, what do I need my heads up for? So it was um really nice that, you know, I felt like other massage therapists could come to me and ask me what is going on um, with recent changes or whatever. Um, almost like they would look at me like a like a role model or somebody that, you know, they could go to um, you know, in general. So, um, like I said, it's few and far between,
1: but I liked your answer a lot because I also don't feel like I'm in competition with anybody. So just as, um, you know, just when we were talking about, do people, uh, or why, what was it that you said to me? Why can't you just be happy? Like with people not, like thinking you you know anything you know like yep. with not being invited into the conversation <laughs> truthfully I am I don't feel the need to prove myself to anyone like I said the people who matter the people who want me to be their therapist they trust me they they think that I know what the hell I'm talking about and that's great <laughs> they think they think I know what the hell <laughs> I'm talking about, but they also know that I am I am pretty real I'm as real with them as I am on this show where like if somebody comes to me and it's something that I honestly don't know I'm fine to say say, like, you're a goddamn mystery to me. Like, I don't know what's going on, but like, let's see what we can do. Let's figure shit out. And um, when it comes to, you know, people looking at me differently for teaching, I've definitely had therapists in the past who have, you know, maybe sat into a talk I'm doing or taken have taken a course with me who I can see they feel the need to then be, do you know, do this like grandstanding, like soapboxing, like <laughs> trying to show me that they know more than I do. Those are big words. And like, I'm okay with that. Because I'm like, if you if you feel the need to show me that you're more intelligent than I am, fine. But I I don't feel like I need to because I don't think I am more intelligent than other therapists. I think I know what I know. And I'm happy to share my knowledge. And like you said, I don't think I'm in competition with other people. So if somebody else can teach me something. Cool. I'm okay with that. Like I have said many, many things that, you know, two weeks later I'll be like, oh, I was wrong. I'm not that smart. And it's fine. I I don't have to know everything, right? I know what I know and I hope I know it pretty well. And I'm happy to pass on my knowledge. And if you know something more than I do, cool. I'm okay with that. Like I'm I'm not really worried about you know, somebody looking at me like, oh, you must not be a great therapist. I don't think I'm the greatest therapist I have encountered, especially doing this podcast, so many therapists that I'm like, man, I don't even like, I don't even deserve to be in the same room as you
0: why why why
1: okay not why? i'm not uh,
0: they can fuck off no i'm just it's, kidding
1: <laughs> but I, I don't mean that in a way that i'm like downplaying what i can do i yeah, just so mean I understand. like these are people that i'm like i i highly respect and i'm like man you you fucking know your shit but i'm happy for it and because i know i can learn from them i'm not looking at it like oh man like i i need to step up my game i know what i know they know what they know and i mean obviously i've been doing this 11 years like you amanda it, I didn't make a career for eleven years, not knowing something right like right oh absolutely, obviously, I know how to do something.
0: Did you have to wherever you were instructing, were you required to take any adult teacher training at all? I'm curious
2: um we once a year they would have us go over some adult training, but oh. it was you know talking about like poverty levels or if somebody was homeless um understanding like the stressors, um, of adult learners, um, whether it's financial or they have families to raise, um, situations like that, or how, you know, if um, somebody is struggling to put food on the table, um, and they would come to you like how to direct them towards food banks mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so we, we had some basic training, um, I, nothing too incredibly advanced, um, I would think.
0: Cause as you guys were talking, I was thinking about all those cats that Amanda, you feel know more than you do, which they probably don't. Um, all those cats that that, that the ones feel that, that way, actually know more than I do, or no, the ones that well, feel they
1: have to sh- try to show me they know more. Well, than I if do. you want to, different If people.
0: you if you want to try to show it, maybe maybe taking a course in like adult teacher training and then understanding the the strategies and dynamics of dealing with an adult learner mm-hmm. might might help you get your point across <laughs> in a better way that encourages people to even want to listen to what you're saying. Um, that that might be helpful. Yeah, but absolutely. W- what do I know? What do you know? Uh, nothing. Thing. I think Although we you, already said you that you have
1: an adult teacher training certificate, don't you? Yeah, it's somewhere Look over at there, you, smarty Look at that. pants.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> honestly, all those all those strategies help. They help they uh, quite help. a bit. I mean, I I almost suggest that any therapist go take those types of courses and take that type of training. It's just going to help you. I mean, you're constantly teaching. A, a population of people and your clients all the time. All so the time. why not have as many strategies in your pocket that's going to bring about some sort of success in your communication with them? To me, that know, just makes sense.
1: We know that when we're working with people, any any profession where you're working with people, um, having some sort of understanding of just psychology, whether it's consumer psychology or any kind of, just being able to relate to people, effective communication skills, like all of these things are super important. And that's not something that people always naturally have. Um, I think some of the best therapists are some of the best therapists because they do understand how to relate to people and, um, you know, they can make people feel comfortable. Um, I just want to share this right now because it just happened. But I just got a text message from a former client of mine. I still treat his wife. A farmer client? A former client of mine. Not a farmer. I don't treat any farmers. We live in Toronto. Where are these farmers?
2: (laughs) (laughs) They travel a while.
1: They really want to come see me. They come all the way here. Uh, No, a former client of mine. I actually still... Treat his wife, and I just got a text message from him that said, "I just want to say to you, thank you for always taking such good care of my wife." And I was like, "Oh, like those types of things." I'm like, "I might not be the most intelligent therapist." Did he end it with
0: a wink, wink?
1: No, because that (laughs) (laughs) that would be inappropriate. (laughs) But I get messages like that all the time, or I, you know, I have clients who just tell me, like, "I'm just so grateful for you and the way you've helped me and whatever," and it's not that. It's, I don't think it's really my technical skills or my technical knowledge all of the time, but it's being able to relate to people and you know, it's the same thing when I teach courses. Part of um, Con Ed's mission statement is eliminating hierarchy, right? Like, I don't talk at you when I'm teaching you. Mm -hmm. We have a conversation. And then I get these really awesome messages that are like, I just, I love hanging out with you. How do you feel?
0: How do you feel about those awesome messages? I know for me, it's awkward as fuck. I don't like getting any kind of accolades. I don't like, I don't like, (laughs) I don't, I don't even, I don't like any of that stuff. I don't like being in a spotlight. I don't like that stuff. So it makes me feel very awkward. I don't like being in a spotlight, I don't. It's... It- yeah, but it's a podcast. No one's <laughs> no one fucking sees you. So it's a different <laughs> story altogether, right? But I don't I I mean I can't even receive a compliment. Not that I get a lot of them, it's very few and far between. But you when I so many but but when I do, it actually makes me feel really, really awkward. And so if I was to get that text message or email, I'd be like, oh my god, I just feel so fucking. You know weird what you right would
1: now. do? You would do exactly like I'm sure Amanda, because you're I go bullhorns. I go, yes. yeah, I'd go. this is go.
0: Uh, this would be my response.
1: You've seen when people <laughs> send us emojis bullhorns
0: saying, send.
1: You know, I love these Guys do, and I love the podcast and whatever. You his can
0: tell when I respond and when Amanda responds; it's yeah. a big difference.
1: His responses are always like the bullhorns are right, right on. on. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> it's awkward for me. I feel very strange.
1: I know, I know. You're really not comfortable with compliments. No. It's the same thing with like gifts. My family loves gift giving, and so like my my parents, my brother, my sister they always want to give Mark gifts for like his birthday or Christmas. And he's like, "Can you please ask your family to stop giving me gifts?" Like he's very. Awkward. <laughs> receiving any kind yeah, of Yeah, I don't even want anything. to
0: show up for a birthday or a holiday or whatever, wherever their gift is gonna be exchanged. I'm like, can I just come later after all this happens? <laughs> or can I just stay home?
1: Better? I don't know, man. I I feel good knowing that something I'm doing actually has an impact on people. Like I I can yeah. just get a compliment and say thank you. That means a lot. I appreciate it. Like that that's it, right? What about you, Amanda? Like, do you feel awkward getting compliments, or do you like knowing that you're actually doing a good job?
2: I, I like knowing that um, I'm doing a good job. It makes me feel good to know that I'm, I'm doing a good job. Um, now, I, I would say that it, it all depends on the on the presentation on how you're giving me my co- the compliment. Um, but I I like knowing that I am doing and what you would like me to do for you, and, and we're accomplishing those goals, and you feel good and and, um, you know, we're, uh, achieving, like I said, the goals that we have set forth, um, that does make me feel good. Um, cause I'm one, I, I, I tell my, my patients that come in, um, you know, let's give it, you know, two, maybe three sessions, depending on the severity of what you're coming in for. And if it doesn't work and you're not noticing any difference and it's not going to hurt my feelings, let me know. And I can refer you to somebody that could possibly better help you or, Um, maybe depending on where you're at and trying to find someone to help you, maybe it's time to, you know, go to a doctor or a physical therapist or what have you. I don't want to be that therapist that's just going to be like, oh, let's do just one more, or let's just do one more. Don't get me wrong. I have a family to feed. I'll take your money all day long, but, um, I, I don't want to sell you false hope. So to, to get those compliments in there, it definitely lets me know that I'm I'm earning my money.
1: Yeah, but I like um, what you said and I, I left this out. It does depend on the presentation. When somebody is literally, when I feel like someone's just like blowing smoke up my ass, like, you know, like all of that. I'm like, okay, this is excessive. What like, scenarios
0: does that happen? Do you sit back and go, that's just smoke up my butt?
1: Um, There are just some people Give that me an I example. I want to hear this. I, I, I'm giving you an example. Yeah, there yeah, are I'm people impatient. that I think naturally like love to shower people in compliments and that's great but it almost can then just not seem very genuine like you're going so over the top to tell me how amazing I am I'm like okay it was enough to just say like Thank you. That was great. You know, I really appreciate. It. Like, that's enough. But when it's like this, oh my god, you're so amazing. I tell everybody how great you are. Blah blah. blah and I'm like, okay, oh,
0: so know what to say awkward. To you anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even. know. I'd be like, I don't want to see you anymore. That'd be a, that'd be a deal breaker.
1: <laughs> you're the best therapist. The Discharge the out of my clinic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it, It's so awkward to me. Like when I used to play a lot of music. Like you know, after you come off the stage doing your set. Oh, that was really awesome. I'm like, oh, just. Fuck, just I just want a beer and like I don't want I don't want anyone to tell me anything. You know, it's just weird to me. It's such a weird feeling. I don't know. I do have
1: to say, Mark, you had. Uh- If she ever listens to this, God, you know I love you. But Mark has um, a former student that I feel your awkwardness every time we. And I mean, you you love her too, so it's not super weird. But like every time we see her, she's like, "Oh, I'm so happy to see you. You know, you're still my favorite teacher ever." Blah, blah. you know, she's she's been a therapist for probably fifteen years. Like that's how long ago Mark taught her.
0: But we can stop calling me teacher at this point. Yeah,
1: she's like, "Hey, teacher, I still talk about you. I love taking your." continue like she just loves him so much and i like feel the awkwardness coming off of him like can you stop can you stop okay good yeah no fine i was I, i'm all right <laughs> oh. anyone listening mark does not like the compliments but for me keep them coming I'm like fine. i said they're,
0: they're few and far between anyway so such a
1: lie <laughs> okay. Such a lie. <laughs> amanda what was what was the the best compliment that you've ever gotten like right after a massage like either like you're still in the treatment room or right after what was like the Craziest thing anyone's ever said
2: to you? Craziest thing or the best? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. You I mean, I don't know. Rock paper scissors. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't I don't know if I could actually pick one. Um. I mean, I've had people they like, almost bring me to tears because they come in and not being able to move, and then get them to move. And they're, they're crying because they can actually move. And they're, they're being genuine saying, thank you so much. I can actually move. And they're moving all the way around. And that's where Mark's
1: just run out the door because he doesn't know how to handle a crying person. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And, and I, I mean, it, well, it's just like, you know, I, well, it's a little uncomfortable because it's just like, I'm grateful. I'm humble, but it's, it's just like, I don't, I kind of like freeze, like oh, I'm really, really happy for you, but I, I don't know if I want, you, like, you're hugging me, and I don't want somebody to think this is something more than what it is. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, but I, I appreciate it because I, I know what it's like to be in pain, and and when you can't move fully, or you get like that pinch or that twinge, and then to have somebody be able to work that out, you're just really grateful. Um, I did have somebody. Um, and I absolutely love this person. She is amazing. Um, she's had her family come and see me, which was probably, I think, at least for me and for most therapists, I don't know about you guys, but one of the greatest compliments you can get is, um, if they can refer their friends or their family and they just keep sending you business. Yeah. Um, but, um, she is a firm believer. She always tells me that, um, uh, she's religious, um, that the Lord has just anointed, anointed, me uh, or my hands. um, And that um, I I just make her feel really good and I can help her move and she can just get through her day. um, And that's something just more recent. Um, I don't know. It's, um, you know, little compliments like that. They they really stick out, um, you know, or I'll have people leave me notes with like their tip or whatever and, uh, and say about how great they feel. Um, Cause they might feel awkward and leaving a tip or not a tip. I'm sorry. uh, A compliment. Cause you know, maybe like Mark, they don't want to make me feel awkward. So they're just like, you're great on a, on a note and like walk out. (laughs) Um, So I I wouldn't say anything like to, that's really
1: nice. I don't know how I'd handle like someone telling me that, like, you know, the Lord has anointed me. I'm not an yeah.
2: religious person. So
1: I'd be like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Thanks, God. Jesus. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I would do with that. That might make me a little awkward. Um, there yeah. was one time, this was actually funny. So this is a compliment, like, thrown in with like a little bit of shade Um, so I worked at a spa for six months and the spa that I worked at offered couples massages so it was myself and another therapist that were on shift together I had this was the first time I had worked the same shift as her so I didn't know her and we had a couple coming in and I was treating the wife and she was treating the husband and that was actually How do you guys
0: decide that just out of curiosity I was about
1: to say that was actually planned out because she had treated the husband before so he specifically requested her and I was the newbie so I, I got the wife who you know she didn't really care who she got? So we're working and we didn't, we didn't know each other. So it's not like we coordinated anything, you know, like, I don't know if people who do couples massage do that. The only thing beforehand is she said, you know, let's try to make sure we end at the same time, right? Like, let's be very mindful mm-hmm. of our time. And I was like, yeah, I totally agree. Because that would be really awkward if like you're done and I'm still working, right? So that was the only thing is we were kind of making sure to pay attention really to the time and almost sort of like, you know, when she was going to turn him over, I'm going to turn like ho- like those were the only things we really coordinated. So anyway, we're not really talking because this is a relaxing couples massage. And so I'm, I'm working on the wife. And at the end of the treatment, when we came back in to talk to them, the wife said to me, like, like, holy shit, like she was literally like almost flabbergasted. She's like, that is the Best massage I have ever had in my entire life, and I've been getting massages for like twenty years. Like you're incredible, and she just like wouldn't stop about how great it was. And she goes to her husband, "Oh my god, you gotta try her out." Oh my god, it was so I like I can't believe how good, and it was so extra that I was like, "Oh okay, okay, okay." So then they leave, and I just go about you know cleaning up my table. The other you therapist, got dirty looks, oh, eh? the other therapist looks at me like the most shady. She was like. Well, that was one hell of a compliment. Like, but like, I can see there was like a little bit of anger there because like the husband specifically requested her and then the wife's going, no, 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 you got to try her. And I'm like, can you stop now? Like, can you, can you just like fuck off and leave? Like it was, that's one time that it was really awkward. I was super uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take that one step too far in, in a direction that it, it doesn't need to go in. Of course you, you are. <laughs> do, is it ever a possibility that the wife is like, I don't want that. I don't want that therapist touching up my husband.
1: Oh, the other therapist. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't. I don't like their relationship. I don't like how excited he gets I'm, to go for a massage gonna with her. Say, I'm
1: going to say no because I was in the room and saw the dynamic. Trust me, there was like no possible way that you ever would have thought there was anything going on with these two. Not people.
0: going on. Maybe he just enjoys her company and then mm, she doesn't even know.
1: Even. Like, no,
0: I'm, oh, okay, no. I don't know. Just, I mean, would that there. have been because
1: <laughs> I saw the whole intro? No, no, mm. no, no, even just the age difference between them and no, no, nope, nope, mm. not happening. Interesting. <laughs> But that was probably the most awkward, like I have ever felt getting a compliment. I was like, "Please stop!" Like, I I think I could feel my face like getting really red. I like I probably had hives (laughs) going up my neck because
2: I was just so embarrassed. I'm like, "Please stop talking."
1: So you want a podcast, eh?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I if if not, just start a podcast. Maybe like be a part of one Um, because I I find it really interesting. I think it keeps people connected um, especially in our field. And it's important, um, especially you get different opinions. Um, I know at least here in the U S, um, going back to education, um, hours are different and how things are presented are different. And I think it's just important. It's one way to connect everybody. And, um, I, I really like listening to your guys's podcast. Um, I have to say, um, I absolutely love Nikki. I, that's her name, right? The, that's Nikki's on popular opinion. That makes me giggle every time. Um, I, I, I love be, listening be, to she'll her.
1: She'll be so thrilled to hear that um, because she will listen to this every time that want, somebody brings her up on the podcast, she'll send me a message like, and with like the direct quote. So there was one time where I said something and I was like, and I know she's listening to this. And she like, put in yeah. quotes like, and I know she's listening to this. I'm like, see, I knew you would hear me. so. <laughs>
2: Pain. Oh yeah. Every, so I started flipping through, like after, like the, the first time I had uh, listened um, after, like I said, flipping through the different podcasts. And so I kept going back, like, you know, there's part one and part two, and then I would go and search for another one. And I'm like, oh my God, I love this woman. This is, this is fantastic. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, to, but to get all those different opinions, whether unpopular or not, um, and, and to hear that the reasons behind it and, and the, the professionalism that can come with that, um, and you know nobody's like you know being disrespectful or rude. Even though I think I remember hearing one time that sometimes people are disrespectful or rude, and she just blocks or whatever. Um, but I, I really like that. So um, yeah, I think podcasting is amazing, and it's it's a wonderful tool. And like I said I absolutely love listening to your guys's and um, there are even times I'll be on my way home from work or class, and I'll pop in my headphones and. Uh, connect it to my phone and I'm listening to it. And it's just, it makes my drive home. It's not very long, but you know, a great ride home. And I'll listen to it while I'm doing my chores around my house. And as a matter of fact, to add more to the things I have to do around here, um, I am getting ready to close on a house. I'm buying my first home. So um, as if there's not enough on my plate, I excuse me, I am a in the middle of packing up, uh, all my stuff right now. So uh, <laughs> that a weird background, are you living like in boxes,
1: in boxes right now? Yeah. Uh,
2: I, it, it kind of seems like it. I, I just, um, started packing, but my, my kids are actually upstairs with my dogs. Oh, we could hear the dogs, Amanda.
1: We <laughs> heard the dogs.
2: <laughs> uh, yes. And the high pitched squealing should probably definitely tell you that they're small dogs. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yes, I have a lot of boxes. I have stuff pulled out everywhere. Um, it is a hot mess, um, but uh, I'm supposed to be closing here on the 28th, so I'm super, super excited. That is exciting.
0: I, I want to ask you. I want to ask you both a question, and I, I, this is nothing about COVID. It's not about COVID, but since we're on the topic of podcasts, I'm wondering how do you guys feel about what 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 it feels like. And I don't know, because I haven't looked into this enough or read comments or even tried to look into it. I'm just going by what I hear on the radio and occasionally what I see someone post on Facebook. How do you guys feel about what appears to be the, the, the cancel culture going after a very popular podcaster, Joe Rogan? And I'm curious as to what you guys think about that.
2: Who wants to go first? Uh- <laughs> you can go first that's fine well, I, <laughs> I, I went first last time
1: <laughs> I have sort of given my thoughts on this on many different episodes how I just I I don't ever see a negative in people having discussions even if they are you know what some people would call like misinformation or whatever I think discussions are discussions and you know Mark made a good point about like do you why are people even really putting that much weight into something like a comedian with a podcast? Well, that's, that's, that's know? my like, thing. I'm like, <laughs> let's, let's
0: not forget. He's like, this is not the evening news. This is not hardcore journalism. Yeah. The motherfucker's a comedian. Like he's a comedian that, that is also big into fighting and UFC and stuff. Like, but the bottom line in he's a comedian. Like, why are we all taking this comedian's, whatever he says and the, the conversations he has and he has thousands and thousands of hours of them. Like we all Mm -hmm. why are we all taking this to fucking heart?
1: It's well that's the thing is there's people who really believe in everybody must have accountability for everything. And okay, fine. I understand that. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna put stuff out into the world, but then again, who do you have a responsibility to? Like if if people are listening to you for strictly entertainment, because I'm sure there's, you know, he's got millions of followers. Like these people are listening to him because they're entertained by him. If they're taking medical advice from him, if they're, you know, basing life decisions on something, he says they've got much deeper problems. Um, I really don't like cancel culture just in general, because even if let's say he did do something that was absolutely heinous and ridiculous, like why is, why are second chances no longer allowed? Like, why is it a human fucks up and that's it? Like they're no longer even like, I've heard people say about people who have been, quote, canceled, like, you know, waste of skin, waste of space, you know, good. they Like, like literally, like, they're not a, a person, right? And like, well, this is a person, a person who may be really fucked up. I'm not specifically talking about Joe Rogan, but other people have been canceled. Like, they may have really, really fucked up. But at, at what point do we actually just recognize, like, that some things are just a witch hunt like i know recently other mm-hmm. videos like compilations of him doing some you know things that are not so great have come out i'm like this is more just you know to try to get everybody to hate him like who like can't we just like move on from this like i don't know that's mm. that's just how I, I just think this whole cancel culture thing in general not just about joe rogan All right. just so dumb.
0: amanda ohio future podcaster let's let's hear let's hear it go
2: i i definitely agree uh, with Amanda there. Um, and I, I would definitely just elaborate just a, a smidge that if you're taking medical advice from Joe Rogan, you you are definitely a dumbass. Um, yeah, he's he's not a doctor. and now if you want to take fighting advice from Joe Rogan or yeah, how to be idea. a comedian, yeah. Um, yeah, by all means, like that's what the man does. I was like, but medical advice, if you're taking that to heart, go talk to your doctor. Like the, the man's not a doctor. Come on. Thank um, God. right. Um, but, um, you know, I, my, uh, a really good friend of mine, um, who's a massage therapist, he actually has coached professional fighters either in a boxing ring or MMA. Um, and so he's, he likes Joe Rogan, Um, you know, he's familiar with who he is because of the fighting world. Um, You know, he and I have actually talked about this and it's, you know, we're, we're kind of in the same boat as, as you, Amanda, you know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, especially if you're going to take apart bits and pieces of stuff that he had said numerous years ago, mm-hmm. and then try and make one big compilation video about it where, and you're taking something out of context to just throw shade at him and make him look bad. Um, you know, go back and listen to those podcasts and see exactly where this was pulled from. Not that I'm saying I agree with it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but no, listen to he what he was saying,
1: saying, you know, even, yeah. uh, even, at, even in context, he has learned that you just don't speak that way. And most of yes. these clips were from a long time ago. And again, I'm not, I'm not forgiving You know, people say, oh, well, why are we like, you know being like what what is the word I'm looking for like a racist apologist like I'm not doing that but this was specifically to make him look racist so that people would just cancel him and this is because everyone's mad about this misinformation he's spreading and like I said on the last episode we put out I'm not saying that what he you know the doctors that he had on or the experts he had on I'm not saying they were right they're wrong whatever I just said it seems like these days anybody who has a thought that's outside of, you know, what's currently mainstream. So the doctors he had on were saying things that were outside of what the mainstream is. But pre-COVID, they were considered experts. And he just wanted, and what he said in his video talking about why he had them on, he said, I just, I like having conversations. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know fucking anything. Like he admitted that. I don't know anything. I just wanted to have people on who to talk about Other viewpoints, but he's also had doctors on who have the viewpoints that do fit with what is the mainstream. And so that's when I, you know, I was saying on the last episode, like, who's deciding what's misinformation, what's not? Like, these are just conversations. And yes, do not take your medical advice from Joe Rogan. That is stupid. The whole
0: thing is just strange to me. Just for anyone that does
1: as many
0: long form interviews that aren't really planned. You recognize that you just, and again, I'm not excusing anything. I don't care. None of this even matters to me. But I think a lot of stuff that people just don't recognize is when you're talking to someone for two and a half hours or three hours and you're doing this all the time and you're trying to find ways to make it entertaining and informative or whatever the case is, like sometimes you just say shit and that's that's all there is to it. You're just you're filling in gaps sometimes and you're just trying to keep things going and it's a hard gig to do and to to take a look at I don't know. Seven different episodes Six different episodes Four different guests I'm like This motherfucker puts out Episode after episode After episode Thousands and thousands And thousands of hours Like that's really ridiculous that's, That to me is completely ridiculous To zone in on On a couple little things like that But again What do I know I'm just curious as to What a future podcaster And a current podcaster Thinks about that whole idea
1: Well now that it's uh, come out And I've said it Don't cancel me Or do I don't know <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I honestly
0: so i wish he wouldn't and I'm, i I would love to be a fly on the wall to listen to like his agent and his management say like this is what you gotta do this is what you this. Gotta, like because because I, I don't i don't think you need to apologize for a lot of things other than you know what guys like don't take me seriously that's all there is to it i'm a comedian who says a lot of shit sometimes it's meaningful most of the times it's not because I'm a fucking comedian like you know what I mean and all I'm doing is having conversations this is not the evening news we're never claiming this to be the evening news we're not journalists this is not a source for this kind of stuff all I'm doing is having conversations with people that I feel are interesting and apparently there's 11 million other people that find them interesting as well so whether Spotify or wherever gets rid of the guy it doesn't even fucking matter all all your listeners are going with you so yeah. you can do it you can go back to doing this yourself and you'd be absolutely fine. He's in he's in a very he's in a very funny cool spot if you ask me, but I'm not a fan of the constant apologizing. I don't know why. I feel like just just I don't know. Is that weird? Maybe.
1: I think that, like you said, the the first one about, you know, the episodes in question where people are saying this is misinformation, like that first apology, I don't think that he it was really necessary. It was like defending why he had these people on. But as I said, he also had other doctors on who didn't have the same views as these three that you know people were unhappy with so I don't see what the huge issue was he wasn't claiming to you know agree or I don't know I I didn't see a huge issue but I also will say I didn't listen to all of those episodes in entirety so maybe he said some really stupid shit but like Mark said you will sometimes say really stupid shit I've done it a million times where I say something and then later we go home and I'm like when you're on on the
0: fly and you're just having a conversation that happens all that. that
1: happens in a fucking normal
0: conversation forget putting a microphone in front of your face and say, Go, two hours, go yeah, for it. You
1: could say stupid <laughs> shit. <"S- Right>. <laughs> the, the other apology, though, Constantly about his, um, his use of the N word. I was like, Okay, I understand why he put out that apology because, as he said, it looks horrible. It, it, it looks really, really bad and it's cringeworthy. And, you know, if I saw myself doing something like that, I'd be like, Oh my God, like that's horrible. So I understand yeah. why he did that apology because that looked really, really I'm bad.
0: curious if he actually thinks it's horrible or if he's just sitting himself going, that's all... Out of context, and if you listen to it in context, it's probably not as bad as th- this sounds. Well, he did
1: say in the apology so, I'm that I'm curious. It is, it, you know I, the context. I, I want to know. I
0: want to know. It, the
1: context was never him trying to use it in a derogatory way, but it, he said what I didn't know back then, and I know now is the context of a word like that. Yes, it doesn't yes, yes, matter. Yes, it's it. derogatory no matter what, and I should never have said it, and I don't say it anymore. And I feel like any anybody would accept that. I or I mean, <laughs> but there's going to be something else like. <laughs> So feel interesting. Like this guy is just it's now become a witch hunt. Let's cancel this guy.
2: But I think I think also part of that apology, and I could be wrong. Didn't he say as a white person I should not be using that word? It's never acceptable as a white person to use that n word. He did. Um, yeah. and I know that I I love comedy shows. I will go to a lot of comedy shows. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. to laugh. Like, let, let's yuck it up. Um, I cannot tell you how many comedians that I have gone and seen live, um, whether black, white, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, uh, Filipino descent, um, Hispanic, I'll kind of give you a variety of people I've seen um, that have used that word Mm -hmm. and tried to either make light of it to bring light to the word or Uh, what have you. Um, And I don't know if they have had negative things said about them or they've been threatened to be canceled, um, whether Spotify, Netflix, um, iHeartRadio, whatever. Um, And it's interesting to me, and maybe it is because cancel culture is so big right now, um, why Joe Rogan is
1: being like the center. It depends on when you saw these comedians, right? Like you said, cancel culture is huge right now. Like right. They, they tried to cancel Dave Chappelle, right? Like the, yes, they did. And again, I actually watched the, the special, right? And a lot of the people that were commenting in a lot of these, yes, I watched the closer and a lot of the stuff that was coming out online. I was like, that's fucking out of context. He didn't 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 say it that way. You obviously didn't watch it. And whether I would defend him or not defend him or whatever, the context of it, um, Dave Chappelle wasn't saying anything really derogatory towards the LGBTQ community, but, he was just dragged online and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't feel that the way that he was being portrayed um, afterwards was what it was like when I watched the special at all. But again, I I don't know. I just think that you're right. People will use.
0: Comedy is. Sorry, go ahead. People will I, use.
1: Th- I was just going to say what you're going to say. Comedy used to be sort of the one place that you were safe to just say shit because it was for entertainment and it wasn't supposed to be derogatory? It's, it's and-
0: still, I think it still is. I think what people need to realize, comedians are just a different, a different beast altogether. Like, a comedian's job is to make anything funny and find the funny in anything. And, like, rape isn't funny, but comedians, there's no holds barred. There's rape jokes, there's racist jokes, there's everything, And it's all in the hunt for something that is funny because there can be funny in everything as insensitive as that sounds. And I've because I'm really interested in the idea of what comedians do. I don't know, man. I feel like that's that's the one sacred place that you got to hold off. On this cancel culture. They take
1: everything and, like Mark said, try to find the funny in it. It's like, remember that mm-hmm. card game that came out, Cards Against Humanity? Yeah. Do you remember that oh, game? Oh, yeah. So when that game first came out, I mean, I was I was probably in my 20s and um, I bought it. I I got it from somebody on like Kijiji or something. And I bought it because we were having some friends over. We were having a party or something. And we all played this game. And we all had a really good time. We laughed.
0: Didn't one was- person was like.
1: Yeah. So we we were all laughing and a lot of the stuff on there like is, is really wrong? vulgar. Like it's, just she it's disgusting comedy and whatever. I could see how it might trigger somebody who maybe had trauma. But again, like if you know you're that person, this is probably not the game for you kind of thing. But like one of my girlfriends just said, like, she got up at one point and she said, This is not funny. This is like really disgusting. I don't know how you guys all find this funny. And it was just sort of like a buzzkill with the whole mood. And I'm like, well. Like, why isn't it like, why can't we just laugh right now? And ha- like, why does everything have to be so serious? And again, it wasn't coming from a place of like, you know, something happened to her with something specific. She just thought the whole thing in general, she was like, this is just disgusting. I'm like, oh, Okay. Okay. So now that everybody's really awkwardly just staring at each other and we don't want to laugh at anything, let's play something else. This kind of shit probably happens all the
0: time. In, well, not probably. It happens all the time in the massage room, too, because you have all these clients that come in and they've got their points of view. I feel like massage therapists should be fucking used to this idea because they have clients from all walks of life that just come in there and offload everything. You've probably heard the most disgusting you know, what stuff come out of someone's mouth and you just kind of sit there and go with it. Right. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. Do
2: you go with it or you shut it down, Amanda?
0: I think it depends on what it is.
2: Yeah. Depends on what it is. I can, I can shut it down. Um, being that I'm a mom, Oh God, this might sound really bad. I swear I'm professional. Um, but I, being a mom, I learned how to tune stuff out. (laughs) Um, and either I can just tune it out or I'll change the subject. Um, and I can do that by starting with how's the pressure. Does this hurt? Yeah. Um, Hey, I need you to focus here real quick. And, um, we're going to do this. Um, if it's something too incredibly awkward or what have you. Um, Or I just let people talk and kind of do that thing that I know a lot of women hate that their husbands will do (laughs) like, uh mm -hmm, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh-huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh Uh-huh. Yep. uh Uh-huh. And and just kind of go with it.
0: I'm similar. This is the way I do this in, in my clinic space. I don't get offended by much of anything. You can say anything you want almost. And I don't get offended, even if it's towards me. Like for example, I'm, I'm, I'm ethnically diverse. I'm really mixed up. And I've had people on my table that are saying the most rude, racist thing about parts of my ethnicity. I don't care. It doesn't bother me because you're just you're just a clown on my table at that point, right? But, and I let it go in the, t- the treatment room. Say whatever you want. I don't care. You're not offending me. It takes a lot to to really offend me. But the conversation is this at some point. Feel free to talk like that in this room, but as soon as you go out of this room and you're in the common space of the clinic, that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable here, but I'm the kind of guy that'll let that slide because I just don't give a fuck, right? I don't give a fuck what you say and what you think for the most part. But once you're in the common space of this clinic and you're within earshot of other people... That's not cool with me that's when you're you're not welcome back here and blah 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 blah. So you want to voice your shit when you're on the table and just be mindful. I don't care, but a lot of other people would. So keep your fucking mouth shut as soon as you leave this clinic room, and that's the way I've done it before that's in my clinic in the past. Exact blast.
1: thing I said too um, I've spoken about it before. This one guy that just used to say some of the most misogynistic bullshit I've ever heard, you mm-hmm. know, like about women's place and here and there and men. And yeah, sure. Say what you he, want. he I don't had care. so many opinions, and I would just, as you said, I'm a, I'm a mother as well. I just tune it out. Like I didn't give a shit what he was saying. Yep. I would change the subject sometimes. One time he was going on about like you know his type. He had a very specific physical type like this guy thought he was he looked like Tom Selleck by the way not the case like but, Tom Selleck now <laughs> not Tom Selleck now
0: because that's nothing to brag about sorry Tom Selleck I love your guy. brother but that's nothing to write home about this
1: guy messed up the really thought he was like God's gift right and so he was talking one time about like his particular type and um, he made some sort of like gross comment about you know like uh, no I you know uh, I would only date um a thin blonde woman something like that and like as a bigger brunette woman i was like well i'm not gonna take this personally but like fuck you you know like i just I, yeah i, I said yeah. nothing and i'm i'm we finished uh the treatment and then i said to him by the way you are right now in a massage therapy clinic this profession is 80 female and most of the therapists in here are women and some of the views that you hold like you know think what you want, say what you want. Like Mark said, I was like, it doesn't offend me. And I said, but just know that these walls are paper thin and you just had a lot of really loud opinions in a building full of women. And then I just (laughs) left like you fucking asshole. How
0: did, how did, how did that play out? Just out of curiosity.
1: He was just like, Oh, like he started, you know, know, they they start backpedaling. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean that. Oh, I love women, but but, you know I'm like, okay. Okay, dude. Yeah. It sounded like like it. Yeah. It sounded like (laughs) it. You only date thin blonde women like even just that, I'm like, I, you know, I don't care that I'm not your type. I'm actually happy I'm not your type because I really don't want you hitting on me. But Mm -hmm. I only date thin blonde women. I was like, ew, who talks like that? Like, Especially to a woman, and not even like a woman, your friend. I'm your massage therapist. Like, what? Maybe I made you a little too comfortable because I don't want (laughs) to hear what your type is. (laughs) I don't care.
2: (laughs) Apparently, you're making his tender profile later. (laughs) Maybe Maybe I'm his type.
1: Maybe.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I'm not not a tall, skinny blonde. Yeah, you had to. I don't even
1: think he cared if she was tall, but she had to be a thin, blonde woman. Thin, blonde woman. I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Alrighty then. Mm-hmm. No. Anyway, so
2: Amanda, when do you graduate? Um, well, depending on the COVID situation, I've had a couple classes get canceled uh, due to low enrollment. It'll either be spring or summer of next year, so I have like a, a year left. And then at that point,
1: that's when that's when you're putting your plans in place to open up this holistic wellness. That's awesome. Yeah, I think yes. that's really cool. What's your vision? Like, I know you sort of described it, but what is your what is your ultimate vision for this? Like, are you going to be um, a practitioner? Or are you just going to be running the place and bringing in all these people? Do you already like have people in mind that you want to bring in to, to help work there with you or run it with you?
2: Um, I, I, I do have um, at least one person in mind. She's a really good friend of mine. I actually used to teach with her. Um, she's a fantastic therapist. Um, I would like to have individuals that are very familiar with the body um and how pathology can affect the body, um have a have a really good understanding of anatomy and physiology, and definitely have some continuing education in like neuromuscular therapy or cupping. Um, Just at least have a a good background other than just, hey, we've just graduated. Um, And of course, you know, there's exceptions to every rule. Um, But be willing to kind of go in there and be a fixer. Not that you never get like relaxation because, you know, again, that saves your hands and, um, you know, that's, that's a nice welcome, um, to any massage therapist, I'm sure. Um, but in my experience with the people that tend to, um, be attracted to the services I provide, it's again, more medical or therapeutic based, however you want to look at that um and i want to be able to help those individuals from that perspective um and so with my nursing background um i i want to be able to have more of that medical therapeutic therapist involved in that uh which again depending i guess on where you graduate from um, or the classes that you've taken as a student Uh, I I want individuals to come into the practice uh, with that background um, to be able to treat those individuals accordingly. Um, I also would like them to be able to be uh, workman's comp certified. So here in the States, I don't know how things go in Canada, um, but uh, we have a program here called workman's comp. And, um, you have to have a provider number. Um, and so, uh, I would like my therapist to be able to take workman's comp, um, and, uh, provide again, more of that medical service. Cause that's what workman's comp looks, looks for, um, in order to uh, treat these patients. And, you know, I'm not planning on just stopping at my RN. That's, that's what I'm going for right now. Um, I do plan on going for my nurse practitioner. Um, so that'll give me a little bit more of a, a broader umbrella um, for like a holistic practice. Um, as far as what I would do with that, I don't know. Cause I'm not there yet, but um, you know, I just would like to be able to work it from that Uh, particular angle. Do you think that'll really bridge the gap, you know,
1: with This doesn't sound like your, you know, typical massage therapy clinic. If you, if you're a registered nurse or a nurse practitioner running this place, do you think then you might gain a little bit of extra uh, credibility or respect from medical doctors who would say, like, yeah, I'll refer you. A nurse practitioner runs this place. Like, do you? Is that sort of the goal that you want to get, really recognized as like we're, you know, we've got uh, the education behind us and the evidence and the science, and you know, we're we're working with healthcare, not, you know, oh, they're just a massage therapist, they rub people.
2: Yeah, um, that's definitely the goal. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping um, as more time goes by that the attitudes change. I notice attitudes have definitely changed in the last 11 years that I've been in practice slowly, but surely. Um, I know with where I work now, um, I have access to a lot of doctors and nurses and different practitioners. Um, and I have gone to our area hospitals, um, and provided chair massage, um, of course, not in where it's real heavily filled with COVID patients. I should probably point that out, but, um, and they're all very open, um, to massage therapy, at least those that I've worked on. And um, not only are they willing to come in and receive chair massage, um, there is quite a big return on coming in to the clinic and receiving uh, like a full body massage or, or even just, um, you know, a, a 30 minute, you know, focus, you know, treatment type massage. Um, so I've had some amazing response from that perspective. I've even had, Um, floor managers kind of joke, well, as a nurse, they'll hire me to come in and just do massages on the patients, um, because they feel like that would be a, um, a good, uh, place to start for pain management. Mm -hmm. And we all get a good chuckle out of it. Cause I mean, what nurse has time to do, you know, their job on top of giving a massage treatment. So, um, (laughs) It, it, it sounds fun in theory, but I, I don't know if they're quite there yet. If anyone
1: could do it, you could, Amanda. I mean, look at you. You already do right. 75 things at one time. So,
2: <laughs> right. You could do it. Why not throw it in there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Just do it. So, um, but yeah, ultimately that, that would be the goal. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Maybe here in, you know, like the next five years, we'll. Hopefully before then, continuously. But um, you know, we'll we'll touch base and see how that works out. So
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, if and when you ever do become part of a podcast, we'll have you back on to promote yours. And Absolutely. You know, I can't wait to see what you end up doing once nursing school is done or, you know, if you're gonna continue on as you said and do the whole RPN thing. But I I can't believe after 11 years in practice, um, things are still evolving so much for you. But again, that's like the cool thing about what we do, right? Like you've been doing it for 11 years, you don't plan to let it go. But you're just going to level up and evolve it to something really freaking cool that may not exist right now. Or or at least I don't think it does.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I know a lot of nurses that are massage therapists. Um, I went to school with a girl who went on to get her RN. Uh, and that utilize both. Um, some let it go all together. Um, but we'll see how things work out. Like I said, I have no intentions on giving it up. I don't know how it was there in Canada, uh, for massage therapists, but I know here in Ohio, um, there was a lot of massage therapists that were out of work for, you know, two, three, maybe even four months before they released us to even get back to work. Um, so if you weren't working, uh, for our company, uh, for regular unemployment, you had to wait months on end for a pandemic unemployment, mm-hmm. and some people couldn't even get that. Um, so they were really struggling. Um, you either had to go find a job where you were waiting tables, or you know something else to you know provide income for yourself, or you were just kind of stuck. So that ultimately led to me adding nursing to my my major so well,
1: before we finish off tonight amanda is there any any words of wisdom or any last thoughts you want to leave our listeners with or if i mean you don't have to obviously because we were just talking but if you want to connect with anyone you want to give out contact information
2: anything you like oh wow uh that's i don't know that's pretty on the spot i mean i would love to connect with everybody i i love to meet <laughs> new massage therapists. <laughs> um and and just uh you know, get different perspectives. Um, and whether it's just, you know, a conversation like this or actually, um, you know, getting a massage, I, you know, enjoy learning, uh, from other people and, and just having conversation. And so, yeah, all, all is welcome. And I I do appreciate, uh, the opportunity to be on the podcast. This is a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you both very much. Thank
1: you for hanging out with us. And uh, yeah, when your episode goes out, hopefully you'll get some comments on it and you can start responding to people and connecting with Canadian and American and whoever else wants to join in the conversation, right? All are welcome. Absolutely.
0: Right on. Thanks for hanging out today. This was good. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.